Yo, what's going on, everyone? I am Tommy, and that is Gary. What's poppin'? It's having a great day thus far, and we appreciate you for joining us today on First Team All Podcast. Uh, it's pretty crazy to think that the NBA season is already almost here with the preseason starting this Friday. Yeah, man, it feels like we were just getting done talking about the finals, and here we are already back into some NBA news. It's, it's crazy. It's definitely the shortest offseason that's ever happened. But uh, since the start of the NBA season is just right around the corner, let's go ahead and start today's podcast off with some NBA news. So uh, obviously the biggest news coming out over the last week was the trade that sent John Wall in a first-round pick to the Houston Rockets in exchange for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, man. Uh, who do you think won this trade? Just just based off of what we got before we seen them, you know, kind of work out together. I mean, I don't think there's a clear-cut winner. I think both of these teams definitely gained in this trade. Uh, I like John Wall a lot more than Russell Westbrook, but as far as fit-wise, I think Russell Westbrook and the Washington Wizards may have squeaked by with a win on this one. Uh, so like I, like I just alluded to, I think this trade makes sense for both teams and makes both teams better. Uh, and it definitely makes them a lot more exciting to watch. I'm definitely looking some Houston Rockets and Washington Wizards game. And I think that's the first time I could say that in the last couple of years. Yeah, obviously Washington struggled, uh, obviously losing Wall for as long as they have. They haven't really been a really exciting franchise. Houston has. Uh, I, I do think this does make them more exciting and I think better overall. Um, you know, enjoyment of, of watching with having Harden paired with Wall as opposed to Harden paired with Russ. So I am excited to see what the Rockets can do. Yeah, I think both sides of this definitely got a better fit. Uh, Russ really fits perfect into this Washington's roster, especially with uh, last year's pick Rui and also this year's pick Denny. I mean, a lineup like Russ, B- uh, Bradley Beal, Rui, Denny, Bertans, Thomas Bryant. Uh, you really surround Russ with some shooters and some dogs. And I think that the Washington Wizards are going to surprise a lot of teams. Uh, you also pair him back up with his formal head, former head coach, Scott Brooks. Uh, I'm actually excited to see what this Washington team can do. I think, I mean, I'm not the biggest Russ fan out there. I, I think he does stat pad a little bit, but the talent's there. He's always out there competing. Uh, I'm actually really excited to kind of see if he can elevate this Washington Wizards team. Yeah, obviously, being in the East, uh, I, I see uh, Washington making the playoffs. What they're going to do exactly with it, I, I'm not too sure. I, I definitely want to see how this team blends and how uh, all the pieces get put together. But uh, I definitely see them being much more competitive this season than they were previously. Yeah, for me, if like you wanted to build a team around Russ, I, I understand that this is more than likely Bradley Beal's team. But if you were to look to kind of build a team for Russ, this is a pretty good cornerstone, a pretty good set for him as far as who's around him. You got, like I said, you got a lot of shooters, a lot of young talent to run with him. Yes, I am. I mean, I definitely think this Wizards team is a lock as a playoff team. As far as they can go, not sure, but I definitely think that they could be a, a two, three, four, five seed in, in that kind of area. Wow, uh, that's, yeah. I think that's a little high going two, three, or four. I saw him as maybe like a five through seven seed. Uh, maybe kind of getting things put together towards the end of the season, be able to make a push. But that's some that's some high praise. You saying two, three, four, maybe five? Yeah, I mean, I'm expecting a pretty uh, big gap for Roy this year as a, as a second year, and then like you, you have Russell Westbrook an All Star, you have Bradley Beal an All Star. That's two All Stars. That's a dynamic duo. Uh, they're young. They can get out. They can shoot. I, I think this Wizards team is going to be pretty good. One thing I kind of want to touch on with Russ specifically is do you think that he kind of deserves the bad teammate stigma he uh, has, has acquired throughout the last couple of years? So it's kind of hard because what you see from, from the media at times, I feel like he can be a bit difficult. Uh, obviously, it's hard to know exactly what goes on in that locker room. But I mean, one thing you can say with no uncertainty is that dude brings it every single day he's on the court, which you got to love and got to respect if you're a guy who, who wants to win with everything else. 
I think a good parallel is like with Jimmy Butler. Some of the guys, you know, he rubbed the wrong way because that's all he wants is to win. I feel like Russ is in a similar situation. So for dudes who are kind of just there, you know, they they got to where they wanted to be, and now they're just taking in those checks. Might not really like his antics and, and the way he performs and carries himself, but I, I think he doesn't deserve the rap that he gets to to the full extent that he gets it. Yeah, I don't think I've heard much bad said about him towards the media as far as former teammates. I, I do think it's kind of like a media misconstrued uh, of Russell Westbrook and maybe misunderstanding him. Uh, it would be it would be pretty awesome to see a Russell Westbrook, Jimmy Butler backcourt. <laughs> I don't think you'll ever see it as far as the fact that neither of them can shoot very well. So it almost gets a mid range. Yeah. But <laughs> no threes. No yeah. threes. And in today's NBA, I just don't think that they're very compatible, but as far as both of them being dogs and wanting to win and always bringing the best each and every game, I think it would definitely be an interesting duo. But like I said, I don't, I don't think it makes much sense past that. So on the other end of the trade, the Rockets were able to add John wall, who I personally think fits James Harden a lot better than Russ. Um, you know, Russell Westbrook can't shoot the ball. I mean, he's quick like John Wall. He can do a lot of things that maybe John Wall doesn't do that great. But as far as a pairing, I definitely think John Wall fits with James Harden much better than he did with Russ. Yeah, I, I think the just biggest question mark is John Wall's health and what he's going to look like. Uh, obviously, all-star John Wall, I, I obviously think is going to be a great pairing with Harden. Uh, what are we going to get from him? I think off the rip, there's just going to be some rust. What he missed two full seasons with, mm-hmm. with his injury and then re-injured it. Uh, and with a, an Achilles injury, you really never know where you're going to get coming back. Obviously, hope for the best. And I think, uh, you know, we're going to get something very competitive from him. I know he's talked about wanting to come back better than ever and, you know, being an old self. So you love to hear that from him. Uh, but I, I think there's going to be a little bit of question marks for, for maybe a first quarter of the season before we can really see what John Wall is going to be out this year. Yeah, I don't think the Rockets make this trade unless, you know, they've seen John Wall in person, whether it was workouts, pickup, whatever. I, I don't think they pull this trigger unless they knew that he was back to at least a level that they're comfortable trading, a, a, you know, an all-star like Russell Westbrook away for. So I, I think that John Wall's already there. Uh, people are already kind of discussing as far as pickup. He looks great. Uh, he's promised and vowed to get back to an all-star form, whether it's this season or the next one. I can definitely see it. Um I mean, it does change the fact that he is back in the West. It's going to be harder to truly get an all-star spot. But all-star form, I definitely think, is, is viable. I think the biggest question isn't John Wall's health, but really if uh, James Harden is kind of still committed to the team. Obviously, there's been a lot of speculation and, and kind of he's been ghosting the franchise a bit. Uh, he did miss the initial team practice this week because he was out partying and celebrating uh, little, little Baby's birthday in Vegas. You know how he loves his strip clubs. And, oh, and obviously, God, with the new COVID restrictions – you can't go out. You can't do this. So I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know where James Harden's head at. And I definitely think that's the biggest question for the Rockets. Yeah. I, I know there were some moves uh, among the front office for the Rockets. And, and I don't know if any of that had to do with what James Harden, you know, was feeling his, his resentment or however he was feeling towards the Rockets organization. Um, I mean, the one thing I can say with James, you know, you know what you're going to get from him. He, he's a walking bucket. Um, but I definitely think, uh, you know, having John Wall, I, I hope can can light a fire under under Harden and get him recommitted because I think these two can actually really do something big in the West, even though it's very competitive. If, if we get the John Wall that um, the Rockets hoping they're going to get, so so I hope hope can James can uh, come back too, and, and we can see something great from these two guys. Yeah, I definitely don't want to see James Harden in Brooklyn. I, I like him in the Rockets. I think it adds a whole another team that's kind of in the mix every year uh, that can really compete for a championship. So I, I'm definitely hoping James can kind of rekindle his relationship with the front office and, and kind of push again for this season because I, I think this Rockets team is definitely better than it was last year. 
Uh, maybe if you want to look back a couple of years with Chris Paul when they lost against the Warriors, I think that was probably the best form of the Rockets of the last decade. But they were one game away from the finals. They were, and they were Chris Paul injury away from it as well. So I think I think this is probably going to be their second best push, and I think if James Harden really buys in, this is going to be a good season for the Rockets. I agree. Why don't we move into uh, kind of a last major news with Zion Williamson. Uh, he's going to have no minute restriction going into the beginning of the season. I think that's pretty exciting. Obviously, we saw some flourishes of his game and what he could do with the minutes he was given. It's nice to see them take the reins off and, and see what he can do and what he can do for the Pels. Yeah, it's very interesting for this to come out. Obviously, it was straight from Zion, so I, I don't know the credibility. Obviously, he's maybe been told this or he's feeling great. Maybe he lost some weight this offseason. I guess we'll see here in the next couple of days when preseason starts. Uh, yeah, I mean, he looked – he looked very, very talented, very awesome in the very limited time that we saw him. Uh, when you look at kind of what does this mean for the Pels, it means a lot. I mean, he's kind of the cornerstone for that team moving forward. Obviously, you have Zonzo Ball, you have Brandon Ingram, you have a lot of talent around. But I think Zion's clearly the corner piece, and if the Pels want to take it to the next level, it's going to have to come with you know Zion playing uh, a lot of minutes moving forward. Yeah, I definitely agree. They definitely have a lot of pieces, but they need him to perform at that high pick that they got for him. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I want to see what he can do, you know, 35, 40-minute time, what numbers he can put up. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, it's really just going to be if he can stay healthy. But if he can stay healthy playing those those high minutes, 38 minutes a game, 35 minutes a game, you know, I think we could expect somewhere along the lines of 28, 12, 28, 15. I mean, he was an animal in limited minutes. So I'm assuming if he's in shape and can really sustain these minutes, I'm expecting some pretty big numbers from him. Yeah, I like uh, like 25, 12 is what I'm thinking he can really get to this year as long as he can stay healthy and be out there, like we're saying, 35, 38, 40 minutes a game. You know, if he is out there that time, I, I'm not certain he will be. I could really see 30 points a game from him. Well, only time will tell, but I definitely think that if he can play these minutes, he's going to put up some pretty absurd numbers. So, yeah, we can't wait for the NBA season to really get underway. Uh, we're pretty thrilled that we're going to be able to cover our first true NBA season. I know we kind of hopped into it during the bubble uh, earlier this year, but now this is kind of our, our first NBA season from start to finish. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, likewise, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to all the stories we're going to have moving forward this season and, and some predictions I'm sure we'll have throughout and, and obviously some Kings watch for you and all the fans out there who, who want to hear some of the teams maybe don't get covered as much from, from bigger markets or areas. Absolutely. So why don't, we, why don't we hop in to some week 13 of the NFL. Uh, first big game, probably the biggest matchup of Sunday, were the Browns and Titans going against each other. Browns did get the victory 41-35. to Personally, I was pretty surprised by the Browns' victory. I thought they were kind of the the best overall team as far as record who who didn't play up to their record, and I was quite surprised by by how well they played. What was your thoughts on, on the game? Yeah, I mean, I definitely thought this was going to be a good game. I know a lot of people are kind of down on the Browns and their ability to, to get to this record thus far. I think they have the talent. Uh, they have a solid defense. Obviously, their offense is extremely explosive. Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, Baker when he comes to play. And, man, Baker came to play. You know, this was probably the best I'd ever seen him play. This was definitely the best first half of football I've seen from the Browns in my lifetime. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they were up like 28 to 7 at half or 31 to 7 at half, something pretty crazy. The uh, I, I don't know. I was kind of a little worried when 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 it ended up being 41-35. I know there was like a garbage time uh, a score from the Titans. I, I'm still not 100% sold on them. Uh, I I, I – I don't know. It's just tough with me. I, I'm just not the huge Baker Mayfield fan. 
Uh, I, I don't think that they uh, are going to go past maybe the first round or second round of the playoffs. Um, you know, if anything, I'm also kind of a little worried about the Titans, who I thought were a little bit better than what they showed today. Um, but, you know, the Browns are third behind Kansas City and Pittsburgh. They do have to play Pittsburgh. I think that's going to be a nice game to see really where the Browns are. I think, you know, everyone knows what Pittsburgh can do. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what Baltimore can do. I mean, excuse me, what the Browns can do in that game. Yeah, I mean, like like we've talked about in previous podcasts, it really just comes down to Baker Mayfield. If if he's on, the Browns play exceptionally well, and you kind of saw that in the first half. He came out on fire. Second half, this this score is not really telling. Forty one thirty five. Second half, the Browns came out flat footed. It seemed to me like they were really just trying to run down the clock. They they practically knew the game was in the bag. Uh, I think if they would have kept firing on, on all cylinders, it really wouldn't have gotten to this point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe I'm not as high as on the Browns as, as you know Browns fans are or how hopeful they are. But I definitely think this team is the real deal. I'm not sure what that means as far as playoffs and contention wise, but I'm definitely excited to see uh, kind of how they finish the season and move into the playoffs. Yeah, and on a, on a crazy stat with them now getting their ninth win, the last time they had a winning season was 2007. It has been 13 full years since the last time they had a winning record. That's pretty crazy. To yeah. Me. I, I don't even know who'd have been on that team, Peyton Hillis or something. That's that's a long time ago. Uh, I doubt that team was even very good. To yeah, they finished ten and six. Yeah, and it was probably like an off. It was probably just like a random off year because I don't think they were probably that great before that either. But yeah, it, it, very exciting to be a Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, congratulations to you guys on a winning season. Now let's just see what you guys can do uh, finishing the season and moving in the playoffs. Yeah, and, a, and another interesting uh, kind of development is with the AFC East. Who's going to come out on top? Uh, obviously Buffalo plays on Monday, so we'll see if, if they win, there'll be a game up above Miami. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't the highest on, on Tua coming in. I, I thought he was going to struggle a little bit and I, I'm actually really surprised at the record every week. I check back on my Coley cow. This is what Miami's doing. Uh, I've been very surprised by, by their performance this year. Yeah. I think, uh, Fitzmagic really kind of set the tone for my, well, set the tone for Miami this year. I think if you start to a week one, I'm not sure Miami's in the same spot, but Tua really set the magic and kind of showed two of the ropes as far as that this team is talented. It has it has a lot of great players on the defensive and offensive end. So he kind of let Tua ease into the offense. I know a lot of people weren't high on, on maybe the transition period since they were playing very solid behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. But yeah, I mean, I'm impressed by Tua thus far. I know we've talked about it previously. Uh, he's definitely one of the future guys of the NBA in the NFL, and uh, he's definitely balling out. Uh, as far as the you know Buffalo, Miami, who's going to take the division? I think Buffalo's a little bit more experienced. Um, I, I definitely think Buffalo down the stretch, but I think it really will come down to the final game when Miami and Buffalo play each other in Week 17. As far as who's going to win the division? Yeah, because I mean the, the first time they went up against each other, Buffalo did win 31-28, but it was without two. It was Ryan Fitzpatrick starting in Week Two. So I, I think it, it really could come down to that game and, and whoever wins that ends up taking the division, which will be huge. Obviously, home field advantage. If you're if you're in Miami, you're gonna have some nice weather for at least a game or two in the playoffs, as opposed to being on the road. You know, anything can help your your young quarterback. And I can definitely see Miami really vying and trying to get that number one uh, in in the AFC East. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be interesting. This is something to keep your eye on. I got a pretty a pretty solid question for you here. You're a GM. You're starting a franchise. Who are you taking, Tua or Josh Allen? Oh Lord. What is this? Is Josh Allen's like third year in the NFL? I believe so. Third or fourth. So he's got he's got just a couple more years on Tua. Man, I would say with what Josh Allen's been able to show this year before he was just kind of a wild arm. You know, he had a he had a big arm and he could run, but he's really shown himself to be a pocket passer. 
I think just with the limited I've seen of two, I think I'm going to take Josh Allen, but this could be a really interesting question. Maybe two years down the road, I think it could be much, much harder but right now. I got to go with Allen. Yeah, I agree. I definitely would go with Josh Allen. Two is kind of a wild card factor, especially with the way uh, NFL quarterbacks are moving. He kind of fits the mold a little bit better than Josh Allen, but you know, Josh Allen has the size. He's very mobile. He, I think he's leading the league in rushing touchdowns from a quarterback position. Uh, he's not afraid to take a hit. He's not afraid to kind of, you know, launch the ball. He's definitely got the best arm in football, probably, I would say at least. So, yeah, I think I'm going with Josh Allen. Um, it's not too far off. And like you said, a couple of years down the line, we can definitely come back and, and revisit this. Yeah, I definitely think giving Tua some more time is definitely going to help. And and I do agree that Tua has the style of offense uh, from, from a quarterback position that the NFL is moving towards. So, so I agree he could definitely add a, a wild card and extra factor that Josh Allen doesn't have. Yeah, but somebody we were super high on has been struggling recently. So maybe giving somebody a guy, a guy like this time isn't always the best. Uh, Cardinals, Arizona, Kyler Murray, they're struggling, um, losing to the Rams 38-28. to 28. This was a big game for them as far as their standings uh, in the NFC. Um, it's it's kind of crazy to see. Uh, we were very high on the Cardinals, especially myself, uh, a couple weeks ago, and they've, they've definitely kind of slowed off and, and fallen off a little bit. Yeah, last time we talked about it, they were first in the division going up against Seattle for like a Thursday night game, um, and, and the Rams were in third. Now the Rams are up to first, Seattle's in second, and the Cardinals have fallen all the way down to third. Very surprised by this. I definitely expected more from, from the Cardinals than to be where they are. Uh, talking about a guy who struggled, Murray, uh, you know, we're talking about he's a great dual threat guy. He's only rushed for a combined 61 yards in the last three games. They've lost four of their last five, I think, uh, I'm not sure if it's just his size and he's taken some big hits. Obviously, we saw in the Seattle game his shoulder has been, been bothering him. If that's why they're kind of not running him as much or if it's just, you know, the woes of the offense and, and kind of the looks defense is giving them. But I definitely uh, want to see more out of Kyler. and He's definitely going to lead them through the air and uh, on the ground. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It looks like they've almost lost their swagger a little bit. Arizona's definitely moved away for the, from the things that were really working for them, like you alluded to, Kyler rushing the football. And then the biggest thing for me is, you know, it seems to me like they've moved the focus away from DeAndre Hopkins in the offense. Uh, he's still seeing some targets, but it just really doesn't see or, you know, seeing that he's the vocal point. And for me, he's the best wide receiver in football. Uh, I think they need to go back to making him the vocal point of the offense, running everything through him and Kyler. Uh, and I think that's going to be the key to success for them moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, some of the other pieces they have around is like Larry Fitzgerald, who, who's towards the tail end of his career. Really, the, the big guy that they have is DeAndre. Um, so I, I agree. He's got to be the focal point. So yeah, let's go ahead and move into another game from this week. We had New England absolutely routing the Chargers 45-0. to zero. I mean, this was a doozy, you know, fantasy-wise, not what people wanted to see, especially myself. I have, you know, a combination of Herbert, Eckler, Keenan Allen between my leagues. So I basically had their whole offense. And, man, I was let down. Uh, but shouts out to Cam Newton for finding ways to get it done, man. He had two rushing touchdowns and threw one. Uh, you know, big win by the New England Patriots. Yeah, I, I feel bad for all of the six Charger fans there are for Charger Nation. Uh, I feel bad for you guys. Um, I, I do know, though, didn't you have New England's defense for fantasy? I did. So you made up some of them points. I know they, they had a bunch of scores and a bunch of interceptions. Herbert did throw to that game. Um, you know, it's hard. I, this was obviously a tough game for Herbert. Like I alluded to, he threw two picks. But I, I feel like one of the great things that the Patriots have always done well uh, from a defense standpoint is taking your best weapon and really taking away from you and seeing what you can do with your other options. And, and I think that showed uh, tonight with, with Herbert struggling. 
Yeah, I mean, he definitely looked. This is kind of his first glimpse of, you know, rookie, rookie syndrome. Uh, he's really outperformed what anybody thought he would do thus far. And uh, this was kind of his first taste of maybe, I mean, obviously, defeat. Uh, obviously, the Chargers are, are looking at a losing record, but a 45-0 to zero, uh, game and loss is, is going to hit differently. So he kind of just needs to, you know, maybe watch a little bit of film. But I, I'm even against maybe him not watching any film and just kind of bouncing back, you know, act like this didn't happen, move on to the next one. Because I don't think you're really going to be able to pick anything great out of a 45-0 to zero loss as far as film-wise. And uh, Charger fans, NFL fans, I don't think there's any need to, to any reason to worry moving forward. I think Justin Herbert will be just fine and bounce back and, and still is my favorite for the uh, rookie of the year. Oh yeah, no doubt. No, definitely nothing, nothing to hang your head on for this game. Uh, I, I do know that the Patriots, granted, you know, since it was under Brady for so long, that rookie quarterbacks had a, just an absolute dismal record uh, against the Patriots. So I'm not totally surprised with, yeah, you know, the game ending the way it did. But I agree, Herbert is is looking really good for for rookie of the year, and uh, you know, I think he's just going to bounce back from this like like nothing happened. Yeah. So as the season's kind of winding down, let's go ahead and look at both wild card spots in each conference. Uh, obviously there is a three team expansion this year. So there'll be three wildcard teams making in the uh, playoffs this year. So for the AFC, it's between four teams. Currently we have the dolphins at eight and four Browns at nine and three Colts, eight and four and Raiders at seven, five. Uh, if you had to take three uh, right now, who, who are you taking? So I'm going to, I'm going to say the dolphins, but I'll slash that with the bills. Cause I feel like whoever doesn't win the division, the other one will, will be there. Obviously. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say the Browns. I really I really don't want to, but just because they have a you know a two game cushion, uh, I believe with tiebreakers that that they're gonna end up getting. And the tough spot is between Colts. Obviously, Tennessee's also tied to eight and four, so one of those will win the division, and then the other one will be in a race with the Raiders. Uh, I, I see I see it being uh, the Colts slash Tennessee Titans, whichever team doesn't win the division. Browns, and then the same thing with Dolphins slash uh, Buffalo. Those are my three. I think don't think the Raiders make it. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably taking the same three. It's definitely going to be interesting uh, to see the Raiders try and you know hop in at this last spot. They played extremely inconsistent all season long. They look great, and then they look absolutely horrendous. So. I think it really comes down to that Colts and Raiders for that final spot. Uh, kind of just depends on who finishes out the season. I think the Colts are the better all-around team. Their defense is the best in the league. Uh, they have a solid offense, but the Raiders, like I said, are, are very inconsistent. So I definitely agree. I think it's going to be those three teams. I don't think the Raiders are going to make it this year. Uh, but something to kind of look at is this extended playoff format. I know they kind of brought it in for COVID, and, and the schedule is going to be a little different, potentially more rough. So they kind of wanted to give teams uh, optimal opportunities to move forward. What are your thoughts on it staying? Because me personally, I love it. I love kind of giving more teams opportunities to perform down the stretch and, and really make a push. I definitely think they should keep it moving forward. Yeah, I'm obviously a fan. Obviously, when you expand the playoffs, you just make every regular season game more exciting because it means more. You got more chances. You got more games to be played. I definitely like it. And they haven't you know, blown it up too big where it's crazy. Um, I mean, really, your only complaint would be if you're if you're a fan of a team who's the number two seed and has to play, you know, wild card weekend as opposed to usually having it off. But, you know, outside of that, I, I definitely think it's good for the sport and it's you know good for the playoff picture. Yeah. And football, football in particular, especially like a season like this, you know, any team can kind of sneak in. You saw it with the Giants. Uh, they kind of snuck in for a wild card and were able to take out the Patriots all those years ago. You know, teams can kind of sneak in when it comes to football, especially, and, and, you know, make something happen, make a splash happen in the playoffs. So I definitely think kind of allowing another team to slip in definitely is just going to cause for, you know, more excitement when it comes playoff time as well. 
Yeah, I agree. And, and another team, I'm pretty sure the Steelers, when when they went against the Cardinals, they were uh, a wild card team, and, and and you know ended up winning the Super Bowl. So I definitely agree. Uh, you know, game of football. You know, all you need is one chance, and with the way things go, any team can definitely win it. So I, I definitely like it as well. Exactly. So moving to the NFC wild card spots, we have five teams lined up for it. We got the Bucks at seven and five, Seahawks eight four, Vikings six and six, Cardinals six and six as well, and the Niners at five and six set to play for Monday night. Yeah, this is a this is a weird one for me. I definitely think the Bucks are getting in, and then obviously the Seahawks and Rams are both tied at eight and four. So you know, if the Seahawks win the division, then I see the Rams being second team, or you know, if the standings stay the same, Seahawks being the second one. The third one is what's really weird for me. Uh, Vikings six and six, Cardinals six and six. Uh, I, I don't see the Niners being able to get in. I, I think it's going to be between the Vikings and the Cardinals. I wish I could. I wish I had their schedules on some head to kind of you know go. Oh, here's a win. Here's a loss. Here's a win. Here's a loss. But uh, based on you know, I imagine there's going to be at least one, if not two, conference games between the two teams that they have to play in their own conference. I'm probably going to go with the Vikings, but I, I'd like to see their strength of schedule to really give a good picture on, on who I could think win it because I think whoever's got the easiest schedule would make it in. Yeah, I mean, as far as talent, probably have the highest level of talent. Um, Vikings, you know, they have Andy Thielen. They have Dalvin Cook. They have, you know, rookie Justin Jefferson really blowing it up for them. I'm going to have to agree with you. I think the Vikings slip in here at the third spot. Uh I'd prefer to see the Cardinals slip in there at the third spot, but I do agree as far as conference play goes, you know, you have the lions, you have the bears who are struggling. So I think the Vikings definitely have the bears, please. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think I definitely see the Vikings having a little bit easier schedule on these last four weeks. So I I think the Vikings are definitely going to be the team that, that kind of squeezes in. Yeah. And speaking of of playoff spots, the saints without Drew Brees are are the first team to clinch a a playoff spot this year. Are you surprised that they're the first team to do it? Honestly? Yes. Uh, But shout out to the saints. Obviously they're getting it done without Drew Brees. It's going to be interesting to see kind of what style of football they play when he comes back as far as maybe keeping Taysom Hill uh, part of the offense more than he was previously. Uh, Yeah. But shout out to saints. Shout out to the saints fans. It's, it's big to, you know, clinch a playoff spot. I think they're 10 and two now. So Congrats to them, and uh, I don't. I don't think they're going to be making too much noise in the playoffs. But you know, shout out to them. Yeah, it, it feels weird with an undefeated team, and uh, they haven't clinched the playoff spot yet, and the Saints have. But uh, with just the, how strong their divisions are, uh, it, it is interesting to see. But shout out to the Saints for for being the first one. Yeah. So let's go ahead and look. We're 13 weeks into the NFL season, so I'm going to ask you a question. Who do you think the top three teams in the NFL are currently? Okay. Oh boy. All right. Three, I hate saying this being a Bears fan, but third best team I think is the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers um, has got this team team on a roll. Number two, it's not you come as a little bit surprised, but I got the Steelers. Well, I think obviously they have the best record in the NFL right now. Uh, I think when it comes down to it at the end of the season, I don't think they're the best team. And, and for me, number one, I got to go with the Chiefs, led by I, I think the best player in football right now. That's my top three. What about you, my man? Yeah, so my three is going to be the Seahawks. I know they've kind of struggled off and on this season, uh, but for me, their defense has really taken a step forward. I know we've talked about that in previous podcasts as well, as far as their defense kind of being the liability for them and, and maybe a reason why they can't take it to the next level. But I've definitely seen some strong improvements for them, and that's why I have them at three. Uh, you have Russell Wilson, you have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson when he's healthy. Um, yeah, I, I got the Seahawks at three. Uh, for, for, for me, it's going to be the Chiefs at number two. I definitely think the Chiefs offensively are the best team in the NFL. No question. I think Patrick Mahomes is clearly the best player in the NFL as well. Uh, but for me, 
I have to go with the Steelers at number one solely because I think the Steelers are the more balanced team. They have plenty of offensive weapons. If Big Ben stays healthy, he's slinging the ball. And then for me, the, the biggest thing is the defensive part of the Steelers. They have such a great defense, one of the best defenses in the NFL. So this is I think they're more balanced teams. That's why I have them at number one. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely hard to, to vote against them. Uh, but, you know, both of, you know, there are one and twos respectively for a reason. I don't think they are by far the top two teams in the NFL. Uh, and maybe we'll see a matchup at, at the end of the playoffs and see who takes that number one spot and goes to the Super Bowl for the AFC. Yeah, you can definitely switch them in any order. Right, right now, I just got to give the respect to the Steelers because I think they are more balanced and obviously they are undefeated. Uh, you know, a lot of people are kind of talking about how they've gotten there as far as struggles in different games. But at the end of the day, when you're undefeated, you're undefeated. So I'm, I'm going to leave Steelers there. But just know that the Chiefs are creeping up, and at any point they could uh, you know, take the number one spot, From in my opinion. Big facts, big facts. Why don't we talk about, instead of the best three teams, we're going to talk about who we think is the best player. Who's your MVP thus far this season? Yeah, man, it was Russell Wilson for so long, and then you know the Seahawks began to struggle, and, and he, he really kind of began falls. to fade. Yeah, so right now it's got to be the player who stepped up the most thus far, and it's Patrick Mahomes, uh, clearly the most talented. I think that goes without saying. Even with Russell Wilson, who was the favorite to begin the season, I think we could all still admit that Patrick Mahomes is definitely the most talented so for me, it's, it's Pat Mahomes. I don't see it changing unless somebody's literally absolutely able to just will their team into the playoffs. Like maybe if a Derek Carr just like completely popped off, they went out, he's playing out of his mind. I can see maybe him sneaking into the conversation. But for me, it's got to be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, like I said, I think they're the best team and he's the best player on it. So for me, it's, a, it's an easy choice. He's also first in the NFL in yards. He's got the first QBR. And he's first in, in picks thrown, so he's thrown only, I think, three this year, two or three this year. And he's third in, in overall TD, so when you combine those stats together and with their record, I, I think it's a no-brainer for me, uh, Mahomes for MVP. So, yeah, so, I mean, if you guys have any other opinions as far as our ratings go, our MVP race, uh, feel free to, you know, DM us uh, on Instagram at First Team All Podcast. But that's all we got for you guys today. As always, we appreciate everyone who joined us today for today's episode. <laughs> joined us for today's episode. Uh, you know, as the first season of First Team All Podcast is coming towards an end, let us know what you guys would like to see moving into season two. We're really excited moving forward. Yeah, you guys got any skit ideas or anything you want us to to do moving forward or any areas you want us to cover, please let us know. We're looking forward to the growth and, and bringing you guys a new experience and a better experience. So one love. Peace.